Nearly 7 million children in the United States live in deep poverty, and poverty is known to negatively affect many areas of child health, from birth weight to the risk of chronic illness. In March, the American Academy of Pediatrics released a policy statement encouraging clinicians to screen for poverty and to connect families with resources that can help improve their children's outcomes. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Perry Klass, a professor of journalism and pediatrics at New York University. Dr. Klass has written a perspective article about mitigating the effects of poverty in childhood. Dr. Klass, when did pediatricians in the United States begin explicitly recognizing poverty as a medical issue, and how much do we know about the long-term effects? We know a great deal about both the short-term and the long-term effects of poverty. We're learning more and more about the effects on physical health, on mental health, on growth, and on development. But I think pediatricians working with poor populations have always seen very vividly many of these effects. But the actual kind of thinking about poverty as a disease probably goes back to this idea of the new morbidity that was formulated by Robert Haggerty back in the 1970s, in which pediatricians began to think about the social emotional behavioral issues that they were seeing in their patients as real obstacles to their health and development. You write in your article that targeted anti-poverty efforts have worked before. For example, poverty among the elderly was substantially reduced by Social Security and then Medicare. So why have initiatives like the Children's Health Insurance Program not had the same dramatic effect? They've had a tremendous effect, and that's one thing that we shouldn't forget. Initiatives like Children's Health Initiative, initiatives like the food initiatives like SNAP and WIC, all of these make a tremendous difference. Our situation is bad compared to other developed wealthy countries, but it's not nearly as bad as it would be without those supports for children and families. So also the earned family tax credit, the earned income tax credit, these are tremendous helps to an enormous number of families. And of course, when you help families, you help children. You talk in your article about bipartisan efforts directed against child poverty that have been very successful in other developed countries around the world. What's worked particularly well, and what can the United States learn from those efforts? Well, the efforts that have worked and what has gone on in Great Britain over the last couple of decades is especially often cited because it has been truly bipartisan and has survived governmental changes there, is to look for targeted initiatives that support families with children, which range from efforts to help parents earn more money to efforts to provide services that reduce the specific expenses that people face when they have young children, which can be anything from food to the health expenses to the child care, anything which supports specifically the efforts of families with children, of parents, to designate the money that they have so that the children are getting other supports. It's not all going just in childcare, in rent, in health, in the basics, which are such a struggle for so many families living in poverty. According to the recent AAP policy statement, pediatricians should help link families to appropriate community services and public programs, local public health departments, legal services, What sorts of barriers do you see for physicians when it comes to making those connections for patients? Well, the biggest barrier that everybody always cites is time. There's such a long list of things that we already feel we're trying to do in the visit, and especially for families living in poverty where you have higher risks for a whole range of illnesses, for a whole range of mental health problems, for a whole range of other issues. When you add questions or assignments or connections to the list, people can feel overwhelmed. 
And that's why to think about it systematically, to have the American Academy of Pediatrics engage to actually be developing resources and protocols and screening techniques which can help in a busy clinic and help in a busy office practice is really important. I think everybody acknowledges that there are a lot of families out there who are just not getting the assistance and the resources that's available in their communities that they're legally entitled to. Those connections aren't being made, and one of the parts of this anti-poverty effort is to encourage the medical home, encourage the primary care provider to help those families make those links. You say in your article that there's good evidence to support home visit programs and other early education programs for low-income families. Is that a model that is attracting funding in states and communities? Home visiting, definitely. And again, these are particular home visiting programs with trained home visitors and with strong protocols. That's getting increasing support, and there is some funding available. Finally, besides asking patients about poverty and connecting families with resources when it's possible, what can individual physicians do to encourage the alleviation of childhood poverty more broadly? I think there's a real sense that clinicians who actually see families in their offices, who actually hear the individual complicated stories of struggle and of the difficulties that parents face in trying to take good care of their children. And one of the things that you see really every day in the office as a clinician is that parents very, very much want to take good care of their children, very much want to do well by their children, and very much want to believe that their children have the potential to grow up healthy, to learn, and to escape some of the confines of poverty and disadvantage. You see that every day, you hear that every day as a clinician, and I think we have a potential role in advocacy, not only, although it's important to speak about the health and developmental effects of poverty, but also to make sure those voices get heard, that the parents who we feel we're partnering with as clinicians who are trying so hard, but have in many cases such a difficult and sometimes even impossible job in front of them, that those voices are also through the medical commitment to ameliorating and alleviating and ending child poverty. Those voices are also in that debate. Thank you, Dr. Class.